Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, October 20th. Be humble, but never abject. True humility is not self-abasement. It is the contemplation of and complete absorption in a broader reality than one's own. In bright sunlight, a burning candle is so dimmed that it shines unobserved. Developing humility, true humility, is a, a, an art worth cultivating. Um, it, strangely, the more humble you are, the more successful you can actually be. Because the more humble you are, the more you rest comfortably in, in your own nature without the tension of needing to be recognized or to prove yourself. Also, when you rest comfortably in your own nature, you're, you're resting in truth. You're just resting in what is. So much tension, as I've expressed uh, at various times going through the suggestions in this book, um, is, is trying to combat reality. Just there, there is something that simply is, and we're, we're not working constructively to create a new reality. We're just rebelling against the present reality. This is a subtlety that is very important to understand. To accept reality is not to say that reality will never be different. It's to say, here I am. I mean, if I'm stranded on a desert island, I can't keep pretending that I'm still in my own home. I'm stranded on a desert island. I don't want to stay stranded on a desert island. But if I don't take into account the fact that I actually am, then none of the plans I'm going to make are going to make any sense. And a lot of times what happens in our lives, we are effectively stranded on a desert island, and we keep acting as if we're still going to the office every day. And we, we're, we're making the wrong plans. I sometimes joke that we're trying to work out someone else's karma. We're just not really working with what we have. And, and Yogananda's definition of humility is self-honesty, which is an absolutely brilliant definition. It not only clarifies what humility actually is, but it also gives us both a way to get to it and an extremely dynamic and practical way to, um, to make the best use of that, that quality within us. That's why Swami says it's, you can be humble but not abject. Abject is when you, 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 you don't have any dignity. You bend over, you're humble, but you, because you're obsequious and you're always um, trying to get other people to like you and you're always yes sir and no sir and not taking any initiative and wanting to make sure you're exactly right. That's you know, sort of your abject, your, your uh, obsequious, your, your servant to all, but not in a serviceful way. Uh, just trying to make yourself humble by uh, embarrassing yourself almost, having no dignity, having no, no, no center point. And self-abnegation is when you just always put yourself down. Oh, I'm not really very good. Oh, I didn't do it well. Oh, everyone else is better than me. Oh, why should I be the one? It should be someone else. And it's just <laughs> the um, operative word in that is I, 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 I. And so instead of actually moving energy away from preoccupation with you, 
instead of moving your own attention away of preoccupation with self, if self-abnegation just keeps you constantly occupied with yourself, you're occupied with pushing yourself down, but it's equally unhumble because it's dishonest, it's, it's, uh, it's off-center. To be centered in yourself and in true humility is just to see what I am. And you know, sometimes we're born with great talents and we just have those great talents. Something comes easy to us. It's just the, it's just the way we are. Um, a lack of humility is to think, well, since I am this way, then I am so much more important than you, for example, and I should have all these privileges because of I am like this. There was a, a scene from a movie with the comedian Steve Martin, and it was a Hollywood scene, and he was trying to make something happen. I don't even remember what the whole movie was, but he was just this complete caricature of the movie producer or director, and he was all about himself, but he needed other people in order to make it work for himself. And he was giving a pep talk to his team, and he was saying, and then we will do this, and then we will do that, and then we will do this, and we will do that. And in exactly the same tone of voice, he said, and when I say we, I mean me. (laughs) And it was just so perfect. Oftentimes, as a joke, because Swami has trained us to make jokes, when I'm saying, well, we'll do this and we'll do that, and by we, I mean me. You know, just, that's... um, that's not true. <laughs> to just make it all about yourself is the same mistake. However, if you are very talented and very good at something, you just are. God made you that way. There's a, a beautiful statement from the Scottish runner who um, they made that movie. Now I can't remember what the movie was, but it doesn't matter. But he was a famous Scottish runner who became famous because he was a, he was a devoted Christian and he refused to, com- he refused to run on Sunday. And he went to the Olympics and he refused to run on the Sabbath and he just was seemingly giving up his chance at a gold medal, but it came back to him. But, but he was a, a missionary and a Christian and a great athlete and he said, these were his words, God made me fast, is what he said, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And it was just like, that was so perfect because it was true, God made him fast. And he was fast. He was the fastest person in the world in certain contexts. And if that's so, that's so. But he just said, God made me this way. And and God is pleased when I I use the gifts that he's given me instead of squandering them or hiding them somewhere. But then Swami put it here, in bright sunlight, even a shining candle, um, let's see, in 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 bright sunlight, a burning candle is so dimmed that it shines unobserved, which is, is a very subtle way to put it, which is the candle is no less bright, but in the context of, of the sun, you hardly even notice the candle. But the candle is still being its full self. So that's how we can relate to the things that we do well. I'm a burning candle, but put me in the sun and you see me in right proportion. <laughs> and that's how Swami describes it. True humility is to see yourself in relation to a greater reality. And, and in relation to that greater reality, God made me fast and I feel his pleasure when I run. But he didn't make me more important or more valuable. And the, the world doesn't have to particularly pay attention. And I don't have to think of myself as anything different except that God made me this way. Or if you think of karma, I've worked hard in previous lifetimes and I was born knowing how to do this. 
it's just natural to me to be able to do this. But in the great scheme of things, you know, one candle compared to the sun, which is another way to put it, or one musician on, in one country, on one planet, in one particular, particular cultural era, may shine as the most glorious musician that's ever been seen on planet Earth at this particular time. But a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, five hundred years from now, like, really? Who's going to care? And how many musicians are going to come after you? It doesn't make your pleasure in how God made you or other people's pleasure in how God made you any less. It just puts it in proportion. And that's why it's just simply self-honesty. And, and, and we also have to understand that making ourselves worse is also dishonest because everybody is equally a child of God. And even if you're not as good at it as so-and-so is, you're still equally a child of God. And what, what is the eternal lasting value is, first of all, your, your inherent divinity. And secondly, our talents are given to us because they're a means for us to develop character. And character is really our treasure. And the, the, the better your character, interestingly, the greater your accomplishments as well. Um, often, literally, because when our character is better, our, our energy flow is better. We're more at peace with ourselves. We're less in conflict with, with creation. And the purity of our consciousness also expresses in what we do. I mean, this is particularly true in the creative arts, but it's true in every field, that everything has the consciousness of what goes into it. And then success is created by the whole, by the whole magnetism and the whole um, harmony with Dharma, not just whether I can streak out ahead in some odd way, but also to make yourself, you know, to try to be humble by either suppressing or, or talking about how bad we are it's just simply not honest. I mean, we may, in fact, you know, have faults, and it, it, by the same token that you claim your virtues and claim your talents, you can also claim your weaknesses and claim your faults, but they're no more important. They're, they're not inherently more important than your talents, and even whatever they are, they're just a temporary thing that you're living through. Like the, in, in Autobiography of a Yogi, it says, the past lives of all men are dark with many shames. It's like we've all done things bad in the past. And I've seen a peculiar syndrome, um, which is if a person knows they're not going to be great, the best, they will choose to be the worst instead. In other words, they will continually affirm their badness because the actual fact is that most of us are just pretty much mediocre. That's just what we are. I mean, there's a few people who are really good, and there's a few people who are really evil. But even those of us who are not all that good are not really usually all that bad either. We're just in the middle. And I sometimes feel that rather than be undistinguished, we try to distinguish ourselves by, our, by the terribleness of our nature. Whereas self-honesty is what it is. I have faults, I have virtues, I just am what I am. And that, that gives us, that just gives us tremendous freedom. And it makes us much less defensive about our errors, much less appalled when we make mistakes, and much more gracious in victory. It's just like, oh, we all did it together. 
or yes, well, my friend who was a, a minister and would often give very inspiring uh, Sunday services, his attitude toward it was when people would say how good it was or like that, he would say, oh, something inspiring happened and I got to be there. He, he knew that something inspiring had happened. It would have been dishonest to say it hadn't. He knew it had. He also knew he'd been present. But he never thought that he caused it. It was just something good happened and he got to be there. And I, you know, I, I've taken a, a cue from him often when people will compliment or thank me for some, some, something where I got to be there. If I felt that it was deeply inspiring, I can't say, oh, no, it wasn't, because it was. But if I said, yes, you know, today I was really, I was really at the top of my game today. You're absolutely right. I mean, it just sounds ludicrous. So my answer usually is, yes, wasn't it wonderful? (laughs) Or, you know, or didn't we enjoy it? Or when I say, wasn't it wonderful, that would be the context when there would be a whole service of which I was only a small part. You know, wasn't the music wonderful? Wasn't every, the dance, everything else that happened, the decorations, the food? I'll often just name everything. Wasn't it wonderful? It was a great evening. If it was a collective effort, if it was just me, you know, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Or, or yes, I felt very inspired. Just a simple answer. I felt very inspired. Yes, it, it, just, it did come out beautifully, didn't it? But it's not I did it beautifully. You just, you leave out the pronoun and you just leave the it. You know, it came out beautifully. You know, I was very pleased with the way it came out today. You know, it was very uplifting, wasn't it? I'm so happy you were uplifted. There's just so many truthful things you can say that, that aren't about yourself. But when instead you deny their pleasure in it. I had a friend, every time I complimented her musicianship. She was an instrumentalist. She would tell me, no, it wasn't very good. I made these mistakes and I made that. Finally, I said to her, I give you a compliment and you insult my taste. Because that was what it was. I think it was lovely. She had to tell me that I wasn't enough of a musician to know it was awful. I mean, she was embarrassed enough to stop doing it. But you see, I thought it was beautiful. No, it wasn't. Well, I guess I'm just a Philistine because I mistakenly thought it was beautiful. It's not, it's not honest. If I thought it was beautiful, at least you should acknowledge that I enjoyed it. I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Even if inside yourself you're thinking, that was the worst performance I've ever given. And really, you do have no taste, but I'm still glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> because at least that part of it is honest. You see, have fun with it. And if, you have, if you're lighthearted and have a good sense of humor, it also works better. Be humble, but never abject. True humility is not self-abasement. It is the contemplation and complete absorption in a broader reality than one's own. In bright sunlight, a burning candle is so dim that it shines unobserved. Joy to you. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.